You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to They Call Me Mr. You. Again, I'm your host and your coach, Mr. You. Ha! If you're hearing the sound of my voice right now, you know what that means. We conquered Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and you are here. El fin de semana, baby! Thanks again, everybody. We appreciate you guys joining in today. Call me Mr. You. It's the weekend, guys. You made it. We want to say thank you for your support on all of our social media platforms. Thank you so much for all the positive and glowing reviews. We really appreciate your love for the pod. We're growing. We appreciate you guys. So thank you so much for joining us again. Hope you're having a great day so far. Hope you have an even better weekend. What we've been trying to do over the past several days is try to tap into what you guys wanted to talk about, the kind of things that are concerned for you guys. So we have been taking that to heart and we've been listening to some of the responses on our social media. Sometimes my personal phone has a lot of uh, ideas from friends and family people who may have some insights or some topics they want to talk about or want me to talk about over the air. So we definitely want to make that happen for you. But before we get into all of that, before we get into the podcast episode, maybe this is going to be a tradition. Maybe we'll try it one time and it's a one-off. Who knows? But we're going into the weekend, guys. We had a long one, a lot of twists and turns, a lot of uh, virtual roller coaster rides going on in our week. I want to give you guys a chance to stretch out and just be grateful. Stretch out. Maybe do a little dance. Stretch out. Just throw your hands up and say, you made it. Take a couple of minutes. Just enjoy. Come on. You did it, guys. No matter how bad the week might have been, you got through it. You thought you wouldn't. You thought you snapped, but you got here. That's something to be thankful for, right? Awesome, awesome. All right, guys. So every time you go on your social media, you're starting to see these people who... They're famous, they're celebrities, but they have this new name now. They call influencers. And I want to talk to you because, yes, they are trying to influence you. Yes, they're telling you about how you should vote, especially during this time where we're in the voting season, so to speak. They're telling you who to trust. They're telling you what book club to join, what kind of products you love to use. They're even giving you marital and relationship advice. They call influencers. I want to ask you, how do these voices impact you? 
See, when we look at social media, what we're seeing are people with some degree of experience, whether it be good or bad experience. It could be a professional experience. And they're telling you or trying to advise you or suggesting to you how you should respond, what you should do in your situation. They may or may not be able to relate to where you are. And I'd even venture to say that they probably don't totally understand where you're coming from because in the one thing that's a commonality in all of us is that we all have a unique experience. It's not the same as somebody else's. They may have some similarities, but it's not exactly the same. So whether it be a blog or a newsletter, a YouTube video, a podcast like They Call Me Mr. You, or your social media platforms, we are inundated with a lot of voices. People are speaking, teaching, advising us, trying to counsel us, engaging us in conversation. All these efforts are directed toward you. So I want you to think about who influences you, who impacts your life. One of the things that I've been figuring out lately, especially this year, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I've been realizing the power of mentorship, the power of having somebody speak into my life and walk me through the journey. What I'm hoping, as we did discuss last week, when we talked about what they call me, Mr. You, is kind of going to be about where we're going to be emphasizing some things, some important issues and topics. I'm hoping and I'm hearing it through our social media, through our Facebook and Twitter pages, especially I'm hearing that. A lot of my friends, family, and people who are strangers that we're getting to know, they want to be mentored. They want to have a coach, someone to kick them in the high gear and help them reach those goals and help them see themselves maybe perhaps in a way they never have before. So this is one of those situations that we have with our podcasts and with our social media presence that we have an opportunity, maybe not to be an influencer in the way that you've been seeing it, but to be a support, to be there and and. And B, maybe the change that we want to see, the change that we never had in our own lives. I strive to do that from a personal and professional standpoint. Maybe you're doing the same thing. I want to share with you guys a parable. It's a Native American parable, and I am part Native American, so it does appeal to me in some ways. But I want to read it to you because I think this has a profound effect on what we're going to be talking about throughout the episode. Excuse me. And also... That point that we want to emphasize about who speaks into our life. Who are those voices that we hold in the highest regard? Who influences us? Who impacts us? But the parable goes, an old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The wise old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Take a look at all the voices you spend time listening to and engaging. 
as a business owner and as an entrepreneur who values the importance of mentorship, I'm realizing how disciplined I was not. And even in so many ways, how undisciplined I currently am. Look at your recent posts on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Look at your tweets. Look at your checkbook and your credit card statements. Think about your phone conversations and your texts and chats recently. Look at your favorite TV programs. The common topic you and your best friends or your coworkers discuss the most. Then honestly ask yourself the same question the grandson asks his grandfather. Which wolf will win? Ask yourself, which wolf is winning? See, I know your instincts are screaming right now and you're thinking, oh, that's easy. The good one is because I'm good. I'm a good person. I've checked all the boxes. I have a kind heart. Maybe you should ask somebody else that that same question about you. Someone who's impartial, someone who won't lie to you. And ask them when you look at that person, when you look at person A or person B, which wolf is winning in their lives? Perhaps you might not want to hear that answer. It's a question worth asking. We're influenced by a lot of things. I see it consistently on social media, especially within the last few weeks. As we head into an election season and we're hearing a lot about impact and influence. We're hearing promises that are going to be made. We're hearing platitudes and we're even seeing a lot of rancor and anger and contempt. And a lot of the posts that I see from my friends, from family members, from people who I know very well, who I've gone to school with, who I've worked with, who I've been friends with for over a decade. I hear a lot of things that come out that don't quite sound like the person that I know. It's more than likely because we've been influenced. So I want to talk to you about that in more detail. You can share your stories and insights on our Twitter page at TCM, M-I-S-T-A-Y-U, TCM, Mr. U on Twitter or our Facebook page as well. They call me Mr. U. Please, by all means, share your stories and your insights about being influenced. Share something that you've been seeing in the media, things you've been seeing in your own life, even in your friendship and social circles. We'd love to hear more about those. So please join us on Twitter or Facebook. And let's have some discussions about this. You know, at the end of the day, no matter if you want to admit it or not, we're lifetime students. Good or bad, we're lifetime students. We're always learning something. I don't care if you're an infant or you're an elder. We're always learning something. And I know that a lot of times you're going through some things and you want to hear some remedies, you want some answers to your prayers, you want some help for whatever it is that may be ailing you. Keep this in mind as we begin to get a little deep into this episode today. It might sound like it's quiet at times, but bear in mind, just like when you were in school, when the students are taking their tests, the teacher's always silent. So just know that you're not alone. Know that even though you're in the midst of your tests, The teacher is silent, but the teacher hasn't left the classroom. The teacher hasn't left you. So just be encouraged by that. But we all are students. We are always learning. 
directly or indirectly, good or bad, we're always learning. We've learned how to be obedient children. We've learned how to speak our mind. We learn how to say no. As a baby, that was probably one of our first words, no. And we said it most of our life. We learn how to be a good employee on our jobs. But what we have actually failed to learn is how to invest in ourselves. I get a lot of messages about people who want to start new businesses, messages about people who want to change their career path. They've been going to school for four years, going for masters and doctorates and come to find that they don't really have the interest or the drive or the desire to do what they've been doing. And there's a lot of reasons for that. A lot of things behind the scenes that have caused them to get to that place in life where they have a need to reevaluate. But what we really learn to do is how to invest in ourselves. We invest in our jobs and organizations. We in, invest in our managers, upper management or our immediate supervisors. We invest in other friends and we invest in relationships with other people. We invest in stocks and bonds and, 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 and we invest in a lot of different things in life. We invest in television shows that help them stay on the air for 10, 15, 20 years. That's because of you. You're part of the success of that because you've invested in it. But very rarely do we invest in ourselves. And I think that's something that we need to talk about today. Based on what I've been hearing from people who've been reaching out with questions and comments, I believe that the self-investment is where we need to spend a little bit of time to be going to land that plane in this episode today. Now, when I say invest in yourself, I'm not talking about treating yourself to a steak dinner, which is awesome. A glass of wine, nothing wrong with that. Or even a spa day. I'm not talking about you investing in things that may pass, things that may be around for a brief time. I mean the kind of investment that maximizes the potential and the purpose inside of you. You can't get that kind of output from working 40 to 60 hours for someone else. You can't get that from a promotion or your name on a door. And you can't, you definitely can't get that from being so good that you're saying yes to everyone else and saying no to the mandate, the purpose inside of you. Every time that I've ever had a conversation with anyone, whether it be a mentoring or a coaching session, I have rarely found a situation that they've come to me with, that they've asked for help or some kind of guidance with. It doesn't stem back to how much they've invested in themselves or how much they do invest in themselves. You spend more time with you than you do with any other single person in your entire life. You spend more time with you than anyone. So how is it possible that that person you spend the most time with in a 24 hour day gets the less investment? Might be a problem there. Something to think about, right? What do you read? What do you listen to? How often do you read and listen to these? What do you feed yourself from a physical food standpoint? Does it produce a healthy result or does it make you sluggish and lethargic? Who do you loan out your time to? Do you keep an open calendar for anyone to just jump on and steal your time? Maybe ply you with things that just make you feel good? 
or they dump all their junk and their problems all over you? Do they act like predators and parasites or do they value the time because they value you as a person? These are the kind of things that I've asked. I've asked myself. I still do. I've asked coaching clients. I've asked friends, family members. Just a, a quick just a quick note on my background. My background is a certified business and personal life coach. That means that I also help people who were interested in becoming an entrepreneur or a small business owner or some that already were, but they may have been uh, challenged in their, in their business growth. And I had a, this practice. I was in Tampa, Florida at the time, and I was doing it for about four years or so before I moved out of the city and, and closed the practice. But what I was doing along with that was I was life coaching on a personal level as well. People who were interested in being more active in their community, more active in perhaps a, a ministry setting or some questions about relationships. Again, like I said last week, I'm not a self-help guru. I am not a doctor or a relationship expert, but I bring a lot of experience to the table. And most times, if I don't know the answer, I have a wealth of resources that I can direct people. But I actually remember a great story. I have a, I had a former coaching client from Tampa, Florida, because she may be listening today. She may be still a fan of what we do here at They Call Me Mr. You and the work we've been doing with our blog. We just call her Stella. She asked me to be her business life coach. After a free 30-minute phone consultation, we determined that it was going to be a good fit for us to engage in coaching services and a coaching relationship. I faxed over the contract information to her to be signed. She signed it, finalized the terms on her on the coaching services, and Stella had shared with me some plans to start two businesses along with a couple of side hustles she already had. Now, honestly, she was likely looking at a 13-hour workday with all that she was planning to do. I think she kind of wanted me to give her my endorsement to this plan that she had. I asked Stella about her current job and she told me she often works more than 40 hours at a place that she didn't enjoy. So I asked her, beside her work, what else do you like to do? Stella was very active in her community. She was active in her ministry. She was very happy volunteering and serving the underprivileged, feeding the homeless, etc. She loved doing things like that and she devoted a lot of time to it. She was very passionate about helping people. That was something that was really clear in my getting to know her as a client. She also had a very tight-knit family. She had a twin that she was very close with. She stayed in, in close proximity to her family. She was always visiting, always traveling with them and, and things like that. You know, I then asked Stella, what did she do to unwind? What did she do for fun? She shared her love of traveling and wanting to do missions work out of the country. Even Stella sounded exhausted after she was done telling me all these things. I think she realized what I had already seen. Four businesses wasn't going to be fulfilling to her. She was doing a lot, but at the end of the day, with all that she was explaining to me, there was very little investment in Stella, the whole person. She really invested in herself. I won't share how the story ended. I won't share what the end result was of 
the coaching services and the advice that was given to her and how she applied that. But that was just an example that came to mind that I thought was profound. And I thought it kind of crystallized what we're talking about today. The need to invest in ourselves. So how do we start investing in ourselves? I think it's critical. One of our mentors, Dr. Miles Monroe, God rest his soul. He passed away several years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he had a quote that I just can't, I can't shake. I've been, I'm always thinking about it. It's always leaping in my mind and in my heart. But he said, and this is the paraphrase, that the richest place on earth is the graveyard. It houses the most potential. And I couldn't, I couldn't shake that idea. What that tells me is that a lot of people go to the grave. They go to 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years of their life. Never accomplishing all the things that they were actually here to do. Never fulfilling their full potential. So starting to invest in ourselves, I believe, if you don't get anything else out of this podcast today, out of this episode, I really hope you take the time to invest in you. Because most times, if you won't do that, nobody else will. So how do we start investing? Number one, assess your capital. Do you have enough to make this investment? Before you start assessing this, let your coach help you out with this one. Yes, you have enough capital to invest in yourself. Your capital, your resource of time is being dispersed in other places. You you basically need a balance sheet. Balance meaning you need balance in your life. Take a blank piece of paper, okay? Take a line and draw it to the center of the paper until you have two columns. On one column, write down what you do every single day, every single week, your normal routines, what you do, who you do it with, the time you spend doing it. Then in the second column to the right, write down what you would do if you could invest in you, if you can Pour into those dreams that you've been having, that ambition, the goals that you've been having that you haven't met yet or you haven't had time to really pay attention to. Spoiler alert, that first column is going to be a lot longer than the second column, at least at first. What you see on paper is how the precious resource of your time is being used. You may want to change that. Number two, don't waste your time. What do I mean? It may take some money for you to invest in yourself, but time is indeed your most valuable resource. You can't throw it away. You can't waste it on other people who may not appreciate what you give. There's an old biblical saying that we should never cast our pearls before swine. Swine can't appreciate the beauty of a pearl, the value of a pearl, the, the, the wealth associated with a pearl, what it takes to have a pearl in your hand to start with. They just trample over it. They don't understand it. They don't recognize its beauty and its value, and they'll trample over it. Don't let those swine in your life trample over you. There's an old book that I am still madly in love with. I'm a reader. I believe readers are leaders, and I'm a big reader, but this book has been transformative in my life over the past nearly 25 years now. It's a book by Charles E. Hummel. That's H-U-M-M-E-L. Charles E. Humble. And the book is called The Tyranny of the Urgent. It has some different versions and kind of updated versions. But the one I used to read 
was a little small yellow pamphlet, probably about 20 pages in it, if that. It's one of the most impactful books I've ever read. Matter of fact, I'd be hard-pressed to find a book I'm still talking about 25 years later. But this is one of them. If I was in chains, this book would be the key to unlock the door that set me free. One of my biggest downfalls coming from my upbringing was my ability to say no. I said yes way too many times to way too many people. And it was to my detriment. As we grow older, we feel the weight of obligation and legacy and responsibility and things like that. Add to that the burden of friendship and good old-fashioned guilt, and the word no gets harder and harder to say. There's a great quote from this book that I definitely want to share with you guys. Your greatest danger is letting the urgent things crowd out the important things. Listen to that. Check it out again. Your greatest danger is letting the urgent things crowd out the important things. That should blow your mind. Charles E. Hummel. The tyranny of the urgent. Number three, guard your gates. What do we mean by that? What you hear, your ear gates, and what you see, your eye gates. They dictate what kind of habits and actions are produced. The words you speak out of your mouth play a huge role. There's a biblical saying that I I stand on, I, I, I live by. The power of life and death lives in your mouth. If you speak words like, this is going to be the worst day ever. Or they make me sick. It's possible you can have the result that you're speaking. Remember that wars, whether it be global or wars over territories, divisions in marriages, successful businesses growing or businesses failing, friends and enemies being made, they all are made solely on the power of spoken words. That's why they happen. I don't care if it's disagreements in Congress. I don't care if it's a lack of policy that can get passed. I don't care if it's a a disagreement with a co-worker. Whatever it is, spoken words have that much power. So be be very careful about how you use those. There's an old rhyme we used to say when we were little children. I guess it was more like a defense mechanism. When someone calls us a derogatory name or something or they insult us, we say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, The lie detector says, that's a lie. I've counseled people in their 50s who still haven't been able to shape the words of a parent or a teacher who said they were a screw-up and would never amount to anything. They still live with those words in their ears. True story. And you're not stronger than they are. I'd even venture to say that you have some words that you can stand and shake off right now. Proverbs 11 and 17 says, your own soul is nourished when you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cruel, that tells me and it should tell you that your words have power. They can build up or they can be destructive. Think about how you use those. The challenge in investing yourself, just like in gardening. Yes. Yet another gardening reference. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, guys. Is that pests and bugs swarm and try to eat what you plant. If they can't eat it, they'll ruin it. They'll steal the nutrients. And if you're not careful how you plant it, they'll steal the entire seed. I'm not saying the people around you right now are pests and bugs. But what I am saying is that if you recognize you have something of value that you're putting in the ground, it would behoove you to evaluate your circles and be ready to spray if necessary. Every good planter keeps their eyes on their seed. Number four, be ready to replant and invest. Even after almost five years of gardening with some really good success, 
We save hundreds of dollars on food by growing our own. We're still amateurs, though. But one of the biggest lessons we learned that was some sound wisdom from an old friend of ours is that you have to replant your garden every single year. In my mind, that made no sense. If it's working, why change anything? That might be what you're thinking about yourself when it comes to investing in you. Last year's soil looked just fine. I talk to folks on LinkedIn and on social media all the time, and they are content with what they already have. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Well, my question is, is it not broke? On the outside, the soil looks great. But under the surface, there are pests and and, and bugs that are hatching eggs that are stealing the nutrients from the plant that you want to grow again this year. That's why you got to dig it up. Break in some new soil. Dig up all those old things under the surface that you can't see. That are going to be a hindrance to you growing new plants this year. Yeah, I'm talking about gardening, but I'm kind of not. Hopefully you can follow that. Relying on last year's success is a recipe for failure. And the last point, number five, identify the thief. You laugh when you watch those movies where the wife knows the husband is cheating, but isn't sure and come to find out the husband is cheating with the wife's best friend. Finger quotes. Or you go outside to go to work every morning and notice all your daisies were dug up for the 100th time. So you had to replant them again. Who puts all of their goods in a paper bag with a hole in the bottom of it? It's not a worthwhile venture. Investing in yourself breaks every single norm that we've been taught. It directly challenges our comfort level. If you really want to locate the thief that's stealing from you, Coach is going to help you out today. I'm going to point the thief out to you. He might be sitting right next to you. No, not your husband, not your wife. The thief is sitting right next to you. He's the one that keeps us from saying no when we should say no. And tries to coerce us to give up because it's easier to give up than it is to stand. Look no further than your comfort. That's the thief. That's your thief. You found him. Apprehend him now. Lock him up. That's your thief. I got an article on theycallmemrU.com called Comfort Kills. I invite you to check it out. Go into more detail, excuse me, more details on the thief and how comfort does kill and comfort does steal. It'll make a lot more sense when you read the article. So check it out. I want to share a little story with you about comfort and how it can rob us of the more that we want in our lives. Anybody recall the story of the rich young ruler? It's pretty cool. Check it out. An impressive young man from an affluent family, a successful family, highly respected. Someone who had a high moral character, seemingly had it all, but still felt empty. Something was missing. He was a good man, just like a lot of good people out here right now listening to this podcast. He's checked all the right boxes, but he came face to face with a carpenter, someone of lower station than him, someone who had less than him, less standing than him. And he realized that his stuff wasn't enough. On the surface, he had more possessions, perhaps more worth in some people's eyes. But he came face to face with a carpenter and he came, also came face to face with what was missing from his life. The young ruler spent his whole life trying to do the right thing for all the right reasons. But at the end of this exchange, 
when a young man was asked to put down his stuff, his extravagantly built lifestyle, the invitation was too much for him. It was too frightening for him. It wasn't that the young man had an abundance of things as much as it was that the abundance of things had the young man. So let me ask you, are you willing to invest in yourself? Even if it means you lose the things you have grown accustomed to? Let's talk about it on Twitter today and on Facebook, all right? Jump on those pages. Let's start the discussion. I don't know if it's a lot, but we got a lot of work to do. So it requires some discussion. So let's jump in and let's talk about that a little bit if we can. I want you to help me out with a little problem that I'm having. I have a couple of pet peeves that are just getting on my nerves. And I've been talking a little bit to some people, but I want to talk to my people. I want to talk to, they call me Mr. You family, our listeners, our friends out here that uh, listen to us every week. I want to ask you guys some questions. I got two pet peeves that are bothering me that I want to hear from, hear from you guys on. Again, if you have any comments on this or if you have some insight you want to share with us, Please go on to our Twitter page at TCMMISTAYU. That's TCM Mr. U. As well as our They Call Me Mr. U Facebook page. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys on these particular two pet peeves that I need to have some answers to. I am getting ready to explode. Somebody help me out, please. All right. First question You pull into a near empty parking lot. Maybe it's a grocery store, maybe it's a department store, whatever it is. The parking lot is nearly empty. Got one car that's parked out there. Do you park next to that car? Help me understand, everybody. Help me understand who who does that. Why would you do that? The parking lot is empty. You have your choice of parking spaces. Why would you park next to the only car there? Explain to me, please. If, if it's not you, if it is you, it's okay. We, we, we're in a safe space. No judgment. I just want to understand why. But if you know somebody who does that, have them reach out to us. Jump on our Twitter page or our Facebook page. Help me understand what the rationale is for why you want to do that. I need some help, y'all. Help me understand this. Next question. You're driving in the far left lane. and You have several cars in front of you. In the left lane where you're driving. But no cars behind you. Another car is in your blind spot in the right lane. Wanting to make a left turn. Now these cars, in my experience especially the past year or so, these cars will speed up and cut in front of me where the cars are rather than get behind me where there's no cars. I need you to help me out. Help your coach out. Help me understand what the rationale is behind us. Do you do that? Are you in the right lane and do you cut in front of the cars that where there's traffic instead of getting behind the car where there's none? Is that you? Come on, please be honest. Help me understand why we, why'd you do that? If it's not you, but you know somebody who does that, I want to hear from them. Jump on our Twitter page at TCMMISTAYU or our Facebook, our Facebook page at They Call Me Mr. You. We'd love to hear from you guys. I gave you a lot to chew on, a lot to think about. I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts. One last thought before we go. Before you head into your weekend. Wherever it is that you find yourself. I'm asking you to do one thing. Leave that place better than it was when you found it. 
clean up after yourself. Make it better. Make it nicer. Make it shine. Wouldn't you want that done for you? Oh yeah. Guys, we thank you so much for joining us on They Call Me Mr. You. It's been an awesome week. Can't wait to hear from you guys again. I'm your host, Mr. You. I'm also your coach. Get back in the game. Coach. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.